everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. My name is Ryan Delacross. We have Ryan Scheel and Father Rich Pagano with us here today. Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, so today um, um, we're going to talk about the secrets of the Vatican, right? So, That's right. And if you guys are listening right now on your podcast, you can also find us on YouTube, Stitch, uh, Stitcher, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. All those services. If you go to, uh, and you can Catholic- find us, you can find us in Hollywood too at Cast Media. That's right. If you want to come by for one of the shows, we're going by. Yeah. Tallest building in Hollywood, Cast Media Studios. It's yeah. Place. Pretty cool. Right. Pretty cool. So, yeah. So let us, like, what, what are we going to talk about today? I mean, like, what, what kind of secrets are we talking about? Everybody likes secrets. I love secrets. Yes. These Could are all, be, yeah, no. Secret is about it. We're gonna be pretty. No, we're gonna we're gonna, we're exposing the Vatican. <laughs> yeah, awesome. No, so you know the Vatican. You know it's it's really one of the most histor- historical sites in the entire world, and a place that has so much meaning and so much of history um, passed through it is bound to come up with some very interesting and kind of you know obscure places, references, and things that um, you know just most people won't know about. So just by nature of being there, that's right for that long. So yeah. you know. We're going to do our best Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones here, and uh, we're going to go into the Tower of the Winds at the Vatican. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Right. And we're going to go into the secret tunnel under the Vatican that most people don't know about. Huh. And we're also going to talk about why the Vatican has the highest crime rate in the world. Hmm. And for all you conspiracy theorists out there, we're going to crack into the Vatican secret archives. It's nice. all a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Nice. I'm excited, Ryan. That's right. This is exciting. Father Rich, are you excited? I can't even sit still in my chair right now, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, he's got a, he's got his tinfoil collar on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's jump in. What do we got? Tower of the Winds first? So have you guys ever been to the Vatican? Yes. Number of times, yes. I went, I went with my wife. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And my baby girl, one of my baby girls. And I had this awesome experience with the Midwest Theological Forum, and I studied over there for a summer at Santa Croce University, and we had a full immersion culturally in Rome. It was an awesome experience. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't get pickpocketed, though. I'm I'm hearing there's a crime rate, so. That's right. You know, the Vatican actually has the highest crime rate in the world of any country. But it's small, though, right? I mean, it's like, it's a very tiny state, right? It's, It's probably the size of, what, Delaware or something? No, the Vatican's actually smaller than uh, Central Park in New York. That was a joke, by the way. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Got away. Yeah, sure, Ryan. We it all is believe pretty you. small. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, just because of the transient nature of the people who make up the population during the day. I mean, they think there's somewhere between 800 and 1,000 yeah. actual citizens of the Vatican. Yeah. But because it's a really highly trafficked. Uh, Wait, did you say 800,000 citizens? Eight, 800 to 1,000 citizens. 800 to 1,000. That's okay. right. Okay. Man, but, those are some really bad people. <laughs> Stealing all that stuff. 800 <laughs> people, and it's like, really? 800 Ice. crimes a day. Get yourself together. <laughs> yeah, make sure you get your crime Thieves quote in robbers. today, Padre. <laughs> no, just because, you know, everyone's going there, and there's, you know, wide open spaces. Yeah. And um, uh, and a lot of people are there, and they're going in back and Back and forth. And back there's and- a lot of... You know, a lot of tourists, thieves. a lot of people carrying cash on them, and yeah. uh, pickpockets. Yeah, it's just, one of the ladies I was with got pickpocketed. Yeah. I was on a bus with about forty that's guys, they do it, seminarians, they do right? And yeah. We're all wearing cassocks, and mm-hmm. I look over at my buddy and Thomas, and this guy was reaching into his pocket in his cassock. Wow! And I called him out, and the guy jumped off the bus at the next stop. Like it was yeah. just perfect timing for him to jump off the bus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that stuff goes down a lot there. Watch so your pockets. Yeah, if you go into the Vatican, yeah, watch your <laughs> zippers on it. I always keep my hands in my pocket everywhere I go. When I'm in a when I'm in a big crowd of people, it's keep crazy. Your hand on your Not used to that kind of stuff here, you know. Not I like mean, that. Even the con- as concentrated as it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I feel completely safe in East Cleveland, but when I go to the Vatican, man, watch it. <laughs> roll your windows <laughs> up, you know. <laughs> oh boy! Oh you boy! Ready? Uh, Kids, roll up the windows. We're in the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> Just look forward. Look forward. Don't, Don't look make out the eye windows. Contact. No eye duck. Duck. <laughs> no, actually, you know, the crime rate's actually per capita 100%. Wow. So, you know, according to statistics, if you can believe them, hmm. 100% crime rate in Vatican City. But according to What's the, the crime rate? Is it a crime per person? Per capita. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 1,000 crimes. 1,000 people, person. and they say there's at least 1,000 crimes a year. Yeah, it's got to be. Which is, you know, that. like, you know, averages yeah. out to three a day. So that's wow. a 100% crime rate. 
but most of it is people coming in on the foot sure. traffic, you know, from sure. from Rome and into Vatican City. So yeah, tell you what, man. So if any of you guys are planning a pilgrimage out there, it's not a secret anymore. Watch your stuff. It's not a secret. It's not anymore. a secret. Yeah, we just exposed it. We're exposing Vatican secret. Yes, exposed. What you got next, man? What so, are we talking about? I like the tunnel thing. The that tunnel? sounds interesting. Tunnels so, are always cool. We were reading about that last night. The tunnels in Oregon. You know. Oh yeah. Sad. Different different tunnels. Though. Sad, yeah. It's, but but I mean, it's kind of it's kind of cool, like you know how people are just digging underground, you know, making paths and stuff. This tunnel was between Castel Saint Angelo and the Vatican, right? That's right. So you know, the Vatican you know, has always been, you know, back when it was you know the papal states, it really was a capital of a, a secular power as well. So I mean, you've had a lot of invasions in history of. You know, various emperors of Europe invading Vatican City to either, you know, break this power or that power to, you know, gain. Attila uh, the Hun was one of them. Attila. Right. I mean, you've had, well, I mean, but I mean, even Christian kings were coming in there and yeah. raiding Rome to kind of apply their influence over the papacy. You know, whether it was rival claimants for the Holy Roman Emperor or if it was, you know, France because the Pope was supporting, you know, you know the, this German prince over this. So there's been a lot of invasions. Mm. And because of this, you know, the Pope uh, had to make sure that he had escape routes, right? Because if you're in the Vatican, uh, you're in St. Peter's, you you know, it's a nice place as far as places go to be trapped in, but you don't want to yeah. be trapped in there forever. Yeah. And it, and it kind of, it's kind of shaped it's in like a the way. the idea of prisoner of the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. So. <laughs> you don't want to get it. And okay. You don't All right. It. Let's go. Here we go. So, of course, you know, you guys know Italian better than me, but it's called the Passetto de Borgo or Borgio. Borgio. So, um, and it, you know, it's named after Pope Alexander VI, who was, you know, the Borgia Pope. Um, and he had it built, and it goes, it's 2,600 feet, goes under St. Peter's Square from St. Peter's into the Castle St. Angelo. And mm. that was pretty much, that was his... It's uh, a pretty good route to get out. Oh, yeah. If you've ever been there. And the fortress itself, I mean, it's pretty... Oh, yeah. It's huge. And yeah. Very, very well protected. You it's know, fortified. It's very fortified. It's fortified. Right? And it's got St. Michael on top yeah, of it. Yeah, that's pretty sword, cool. You know, that's pretty cool. Pretty intimidating. And the river's right there, too, right? river's right there. Yeah. You've heard of the of the event where um, a large amount of the Swiss Guard were, were massacred. Uh, it's, it's remembered, you know, in Rome to this day. It was very, you know, heroic activities of the Swiss Guard. But uh, this is one example where the Pope had to use it. Uh, the Swiss Guard were in this, in this tunnel fighting people in the tunnel while the Pope was behind them. And he was giving them, you know, mm. giving him, they were giving him room to escape. And uh, I think, let's see, it was uh, the French were invading um, and they held him off inside the tunnel so the Pope can get by. And, you wow. know, story ends up, he made it. Mm. But most of the Swiss Guard did not. What I love about the whole idea of having an escape route for the Pope, for the Holy Father, is all in defense, and even the Swiss Guard, it's all in defense of the succession of Peter. That this is an important reality in the church, is the apostolic succession. Mm -hmm. And this is what's been passed down from generation to generation. I mean, we were even talking about it last night, yeah. is that there's a power to that, that through the laying on of hands, every generation from St. Peter and all the apostles has then passed down into the structures of our church even today. Yeah. So our lineage is rooted in that, and there's a defense of the apostolic foundation of the church, and there should be a defense of, of the Holy Father. Yeah. That's why we always pray for him, and we not only physical harm, but also spiritual harm, yeah. you know, because there's there's ill will out there, and there's the presence of manifest evil. Yeah. And, you know, that could be an incredible thing to, to uh, battle, you know, mm -hmm. so we need to battle that together. And certainly I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about the Holy Father today, Pope Francis, you know, saying a little prayer for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, just the Vatican, I mean, it's probably been under siege a lot. You know, I mean, a, if you lot. think about there's, it. There's like just been the, so many instances, yeah. And, and, and what's there right now with St. Peter's Basilica, it's like there's a church beneath that and then another one beneath that. You know, I went on that tour, you know, underneath it. It's the like, Scavi tour. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was meandering through these graveyards, basically, mm -hmm. underneath the church. It's like these guys just keep building on top of things, you know. It's fascinating. It's, Seeing that burial ground there. Yeah. And you see all of the graffiti from 2,000 years ago, yeah. this Christian graffiti. <clears throat> they're tagging. Know? And they're tagging stuff. <laughs> <laughs> these brothers are going down Put there. Put that and fish on like, there, man. <laughs> well, I think that's a good segue into what we're talking about next because... <gasps> 
Uh, next, we're going to go into the catacombs underneath. Oh, yeah. It's not a secret to me. It's not secret. <laughs> not secret to me either. Right. Uh, you've been on that tour. But there's probably a lot of people out there that know nothing yep. about yep. the catacombs or the excavations that happen That's right. in it's the mid-20th cool. century. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it's not really a graveyard per se. So back in, um, back in the Roman times, um, there, was, there was roads or vias, and along that they would build little mausoleums for the deceased. And there was basically like a street of the dead. So it was just a row of mausoleums. So what's actually under the Vatican is a road that ran parallel to the Circus of Nero. Mm. And, you know, rich Romans or whomever would have these buildings constructed and their family crypts would be inside of them. So it's more... It so looks, it wasn't like a graveyard. It wasn't like this big area that we know today sorry. where, you you know, you buy up a bunch of acres and you, you have plots. This is like... They decide that this road is where they're going to just put all the yeah, mausoleums. That's right. It's it's like a street, and along it is just lined with all these. Yeah, hmm. and it's fascinating because they had like these little portholes that went straight down to the crypts where your beloved were dead or their dogs. Oh yeah, and then you would pour libations down there, and it was a part of daily life. Think right. about walking down the street, just pouring and this one is out where, for the homies. Yeah, pouring one out <laughs> for my grandma. You know, yeah. like. It is a little, uh, you know, fruit then, juice. Then you tag it. You tag the mausoleum. <laughs> like, you put that fish on there. Here. <laughs> so it's funny that you bring up tagging because that's, <laughs> that's precisely what happened to allow the discovery of the bones of St. Peter. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, you know, along this mausoleum road, um, right by Nero's Circus, which is where St. Peter was crucified, upside, upside down, down yeah. in Nero's Circus. Yeah. So then... You know, the a lot of bad stuff went on there. A lot of bad stuff. Yeah. 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 Gambling. Gambling. Yeah. And there Lottery. were probably pickpockets there. Pickpockets. Oh, yeah. This Highest is crime rate in Rome. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's there a lot of bad stuff that went on there. It's not to be confused with the Coliseum. That's Completely right. separate place. Completely yeah. separate. The Coliseum was more of an other side of town. It's a Coliseum, right? Yeah. But this is more of a, a almost like a long U shaped horse track. Yep. And there was a lot of chariot races. And then in the middle was, you know, um, just, you know, a, a common area of it. And that's where St. Peter would have been crucified. Yeah. So then uh, after he was cut down, because he was crucified upside down, and the soldiers um, cut him off. Yeah. Cut him off at the feet. At the, at the feet. Just, at the feet. Yeah. And then, you know. Easy the, to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's very graphic representation. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay. He was Italian. I mean, let's say he's a <laughs> Della Croce. His right. family line was probably there. I'm hot-blooded. <laughs> I'm hot-blooded. I think about these things. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so the so the faithful took, took St. Peter's body, and because the close proximity of this this row of catacombs, they took him essentially across the street and buried him, and in a small crypt along this row. Mm -hmm. And um, you know the Romans didn't really understand the significance of how Christianity and, and how the faith would celebrate in these places that, you know, were um, celebrating the saints, the, you know, the dead saints and the martyrs. So they didn't think anything didn't of it. it. Yeah. But the early Christians were going there and celebrating mass there secretly. Yeah. Just like they do in the, the catacombs. Yeah. But so that really is the inception of St. Peter's Basilica was basically a small mausoleum. Mm -hmm. So... They were renovating the Vatican in the early, I believe, 1920s or 30s. And they were going along this road, which is now, you know, in, in the ancient world, they didn't level stuff. They didn't have bulldovers. So right. what they did is they, poured, Fill it they filled it in and then they built on top of it. Yeah. So that's why a lot of history is preserved because of the way that building construction right. was. So as they were, um, the Vatican was doing renovations, they were able to go and underneath and they're doing the excavations and... Directly below the high altar of St. Peter's was one of these catacombs. Mm. And on the on the wall... Well, didn't they have a church before that, like in the third century or something like that? Well, yeah, that? the St. Peter's like that a, exists now is not always the same first St. Peter's. Right. The first St. Peter's was built um, in, thir in the 300s. Gotcha. Right. After Christianity was made legal. Yeah, after Constantine. Yeah. Um, and that one first, the first St. Peter's existed until the 1500s. But and then they, the one that we know of today is, is on top of that. Right. But the gotcha. foundations were starting to crumble and it was really starting to become hmm. 
um, dangerous for people, dangerous, and, and the pickpocketers right? to keep them safe. And it wasn't even the preferred church of Roman. You know, most yeah. more people went to St. Paul's outside the walls, or you know, uh, St. Mary Major. Those were, and the Vatican was kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. it wasn't the Not important as church as it was for pilgrims. That's right. Yeah. So this is this, you know, when they were reconstructing, it's a little bit after the Avignon Papacy. So I think it was really to restore some of the um, prestige of the papacy in Rome that they went about building the mm. new St. Peter's. Yeah. So anyway, talk, get back to tagging. Yeah. They found a graffito, a graffiti that said, Peter is here, or I think of it, Petri Indy, mm-hmm. which means Peter is inside. And it was, I believe, written in... Greek, actually. So they um, they opened it up, and they found a small nook, and inside of it were bones directly under the altar of St. Peter. Them bones. Them so bones. if you literally take a penny mm-hmm. and drop it from the top of the cupola, the very center of it, it would drop down through the baldacchino, through the main altar, the central part of the main altar, all the way down to the tomb wow. of St. Peter and his bones. Mm. It's absolutely And it wasn't planned. That's the whole No, that's the that's the it. fascination yeah. about you know, like the behind it is like the spirit of God was definitely yeah. at work in relation to building what is today yeah. St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah. I remember walking through the Scavi tour, one of my first experiences there. And as we were, as I was walking down this this roadway, as as uh Sheil was describing. I saw all of this graffiti on the wall and it just started to grow and, you know, increase all these different Christian symbols and then being pointed to, you know, like this is precisely where St. Peter's bones are. But inside you're like feeling it as you're getting closer Mm. and closer and like the intensity of the spirits just weighing on you. And Mm. it's like, this is a powerful place of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk through the Clementine Chapel, which is this small little chapel that I was so privileged to uh, celebrate mass in. And with my family and convalidate my uncle and aunt's, uh, you know, That's marriage, cool. which was so cool. My That's first year awesome. of priesthood. But right there is like the the foundation. When you think of St. Peter, the rock that Jesus is going to build his church. Yeah. Upon that Saint scripture. Peter, like literally. Matthew yeah. 16, 18. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you get a sense of that. And it's like, wow, God, you're calling me to this foundation. Yeah. And encountering that it, it changes your life yeah. forever. Peter, yeah. you are a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. And on that rock is the actual bones of Peter. And on top of that is the Vatican, and that is the seat Alter. of the church. And I just, I think that's something that is is lost on a lot of people, that when Jesus said, I will build my church on you, the rock. He meant he was a contractor, and that he was going to make that happen. Right. <laughs> you know Where's what? that heresy button? I'm sorry to bring <laughs> light to this. <laughs> <laughs> no man, I got I, I almost got kicked out of the Scavi tour. Um, <laughs> we, uh, Dude, there's never I, been a more Ryan Delacroix story than no, I almost got kicked so, out of the Scavi so tour. So I'm with my wife, right? And my best friend, God rest his soul, he passed away. But uh, I was it was best man in his wedding at uh, one of the churches there, and you know everybody's like, you got to go on the Scavi tour. So I'm on the internet, and I'm like, and I send it, and it's like, and I'm like, is this in English? I don't know, and. I thought the email that I got after I put my credit card in, that that was like my email confirmation, kind of like here in America, we just take it and we're like, here, here, I'm going, you know? So we get there and the guy is just like, you know, this wound up Italian guy and he's like, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jen, I, I, I got this email and, and she was, well, obviously this is not going to get us in. So... <laughs> The voice of reason. Yeah, so this priest comes over and he grabs me and he goes, you know, I I can get you in. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks. He goes, no, no, no. He was trying to steal your wallet. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, no, I can get you in. Come here, here, walk over here. No, and so he's like, here's the trick. You you walk in, you got a baby, you got a wife, you walk in and you pretend like you belong there. Mm -hmm. Apparently that's like the the thing there. And, And so we walked in and I just nodded at the guy, you know, like, I can do that. I can pretend like I belong places. So we nodded. We went right on in. <laughs> no stop it. whatsoever. Did you, that was it. I was looking behind my back for, you know, at least about 30 minutes. They, I, they, I wasn't focusing on that power you were talking about. I was <laughs> focusing on, you know, the authorities, I guess. Well, there you have it, people. Ryan Delacrosse, gate crashed the Vatican. Yeah. With the my kind of, wife. 
So and you can't, can't put it all on me. And circumnavigated the defense systems of the Swiss Guard. How did you do that? There was no Swiss Guard. He went, boys, in through, he went in through the secret tunnel. Too. Yeah, they're packing. No, yeah, they they're got packing, swads. Packing the heat. They got swads. Yeah. That's the kind of people you're listening to, everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. I wanted to go. So anyway, yeah. So they found the bones. They were wrapped in purple cloth with gold thread. Mm. And they did a scientific analysis of them. And all the scientific analysis, you can't conclusively say without, you know, better historical methods that these are the bones of St. Peter. But, you know, if you were taking a circumstantial case, tradition for 2,000 years have said they were there. Right. There's ancient graffiti. There's a church built to St. Peter. And the bones were identified of a robust man of medieval origins. I'm sorry, of Middle Eastern origin between the ages of 60 and 70 whose feet were missing. I mean, yeah. if you're building a circumstantial case, that's pretty case, conclusive. That is, and yeah. the spirit in in your Oof. in your visit, like that was very conclusive mm-hmm. to you. I was at Pope John Paul II, Saint Pope John Paul II, uh, Pope Saint John Pope Paul Saint. II. That's the order. <laughs> yeah. Get it right, Ryan. I'm not here. I'm not here to be. Are right. you like even Catholic? You're here to be right. <laughs> you're like breaking did, all the rules. Did you just give somebody a nod and walk <laughs> in the building? Is that how you got in? No, man, it's uh, it, that's an amazing story. Yeah, you know, do you know where the bones are kept now? No, they've only been displayed publicly one time, and that was a few few years ago. Um, Pope Francis, uh, for the first time, displayed them publicly, but mm. typically they're kept in a lead box in the Pope's personal apartment. Wow, a lead box. Yeah, why lead? Why not? <laughs> you think why? I, I can't why answer not? that. I can't answer that. There you go. Good that's story. fascinating. Yeah. Good stuff. So. And to this day, you know, Ew. well, Bounds. not not Ew. to this day since Pope Francis doesn't live in the papal apartments, but, uh, you know, the popes were roommates with the first pope, and I think that's kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. Them bones. All right, now let's go Let's go back up to surface level. Uh, you guys have both been in St. Peter's Square, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the thing that stands out right in the middle of St. Peter's Square? The obelisk. The obelisk. Is that what it's called? Yeah, one of what, 33 Egyptian obelisks and like authentic ones from Egypt Mm -hmm. in Italy, in Rome. That was made in Egypt. That's one, yeah. 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 So um, the Emperor Augustus, actually. So there's, there's a long history as to why there is a Roman, I'm sorry, an Egyptian obelisk in the middle of St. Peter's Square. It seems kind of out of place. Strange. So the Roman Emperor Augustus, not just strange, but... Secretive. Secretive. It's secret. It's a secret of the Vatican. Everyone, don't tell anyone. Normally, we're going to tell you to share all of our podcasts. (laughs) Don't share this one. (laughs) It's a secret. Otherwise, keep it to yourself, all right? That's right. You know what, guys? Could we just remove the share button from this video? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right. So um, Augustus had it dismantled. It came from Alexandria, Egypt, which... um, It's like the, the main town there right it's like at the, the time city. it was it was yeah. the big port city and it was kind of a trophy of war that the the romans had you know taken over uh, egypt from the greeks actually at the time it was the the greeks who were descended from one of um alexander's generals who were ruling uh egypt they were called the ptolemies and um the romans uh took over and as a trophy of war, they brought back this obelisk from, from Egypt. Um, there's even a legend that on top of it, there is a bronze ball and that the ashes of Julius Caesar were placed inside of it. I'd never heard that. That's, That's right. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, they opened it up later and they only found dust. So maybe someone... Ashes took to them. ashes? That's right. Dust, dust to dust. dust. That's right. So, so that... So Do you believe... <laughs> This monument was placed right in the center of that circus of Nero. That was kind of the, the focal point. And the tradition is that the last thing that St. Peter saw when he was being crucified upside down, he, could, he was directly looking at that obelisk. That's what he could see based on where he was crucified in his eyesight and the, you know, the angle where he'd view. So going back to the circus. That's right. So the last thing that St. Peter saw was this. Now, you would think that the church would, um, you know, have this removed, this you know, pagan symbol. But I think it really shows how the the triumph of Christianity over all the empires, the triumph of you know Christ over the nations and the powers, and um, it's actually today it's the only 
Uh, it's the largest standing ob Egyptian obelisk in the world. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's it's crazy when you're there. Like, you know, me me just growing up in Florida, you know, it's like the, the guy who had the office over here is now over there. You know, this used to be a, you know, a gas station. Now it's a mini mart. And you go over there and it's like, remember the metal that was on the Pantheon? Well, it's it's now inside St. Peter's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they melted it down. It's like the whole economy there of just history. It's just the whole place is like it's a museum. It's so rich, man. It's and so rich. Yeah, I, I grew up in Palm Coast, just like an hour south of you from yeah. Jacksonville. And, you know, through the 90s, there was nothing in Palm Coast. It was like right. a four-way stop sign in yeah. the late 80s. And then into the 90s, we had this huge boom. Yep. And, you know, there's no history. Florida. There's no history. <laughs> it, but it's like, it's true. It's like, that was where the little champ was. That's where we would walk down to the street and go get, you know, a sweet tea yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And, yeah. you know, but it's true. When you walk around the ancient cities like Rome, for example, or Ephesus or Jerusalem, yeah, there's Jerusalem. such a sense of... There has been generation after generation for millennia. Mm -hmm. And there's so many fascinating stories that we can uncover. Yeah. And the ones that we're uncovering today, even though they're secrets and you can't <laughs> share them. It's, Don't you touch it, that button. It's so rich. Like it just really, it fills your lungs with a, a breath of life. It's like, yeah. wow, there's so much more to explore, yeah. to adventure out into the world and really discover what's out there. It's Appreciate fascinating. Appreciate history. Right, so yeah. bef before we get any tweets at us uh, saying that we, missed, uh, we misspoke, the obelisk didn't originally come from Alexandria. It originally came from Heliopolis. Or Heliopolis. What are you trying to do to the, I'm the correcting, listeners right I'm correcting now? myself. Confuse it. Oh, no. oh, okay. You're making it. So it was Come. originally made under an unknown pharaoh in, um, you know, in Upper Egypt, and then moved by Augustus to the Forum in Alexandria, and then from there to Rome. So just gotcha. in case I had to hear any tweets that I don't know my stuff. You hear me, tweets? I do. Oh, that's one of the secrets. Tweets. <laughs> <laughs> when we do these podcasts, we all stay together, right? And um, we got to get ready in the morning. We're sharing one bathroom. And Father Rich's um, getting ready process, it's like an Easter mass. It's three hours long and completely <laughs> sung. It's just the whole Come time. Fly with me. Let's fly down to Peru. And me and the two Ryans, it's like five minutes in and out. Like we're in the military. And him, it's like the Easter vigil mass, like six hours long. Everything is sung. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> All right, now this one's for all of the conspiracy theorists out mm -hmm. there. And this is probably the thing that I that more conjecture and more, um, you know, questions have come up than just about anything in the Vatican. And that's the Vatican secret archives or the Vatican secret library. Now, I mean, if you go online and you're on conspiracy, you know, forums or... Um, the History the, Channel. Or the History <laughs> Channel. I got to tell you something, though, guys. I've My last name is Pagano. There was a cardinal, Cardinale Pagano, nice. who was in charge of the library for a little while. That's right. In recent time? Yeah, in recent time. Like, oh. our, you know, nice. probably like about five years ago or something. That narrows it down. Never really tracked him down, though. No. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of, I would have loved to have a little bit of uh, the secrets of the Vatican poured into my brain, but yeah. didn't get that chance. He never responded. No. Like with so, family, you know? It's terrible. So, you know, everyone speculates what's in there. You know, is there like, you know, secrets that the Vatican knows that there's aliens or, you know, is there historical, you know, evidence that Jesus was actually married or all these crazy things. And the time they didn't file for taxes in the Roman Empire. That's right. <laughs> or, sorry. Documents about <laughs> documents hiding their secret crime rate. <laughs> so, but really the problem comes from people not understanding translations and they understand that, well, it's the secret archive. So there must be secret, you know, yeah. Vatican secrets. Yeah. They're inside Shh. there. Don't do it. Don't tell anyone. It's a, it's really a mistranslation or a misunderstanding of how Latin translates into English. Mm. So it's, um, secretio. The archivum secretum apostolicum Vaticanum, right? right? Which that's means, a no, that's right. But, but in Latin, the secret part, it doesn't really mean like, it's a secret, don't tell anyone. 
Gotcha. It really means that the sense of the Latin word is really, this is the personal archives. Gotcha. So it's a really a kind of a bad translation. So if you really... So we're debunking secrets right that's now. That's right. <laughs> that's what we're doing. At least the we're whole going, concept is, in America of what a secret is. This is etymology. We're, we're conquering this word. That's right. With etymology. So, I mean, really, I think a better translation into English would be the Vatican Personal Library. Yeah. And really, you know, it's it's historical documents and it's all, you know, records of... What Pretty the, cool stuff. Of the papacy, things that yeah. were personally related. I mean, there is some really cool things in there. Um, is and that stuff in the? Is that stuff public? Like, yeah, can you can you go to the Vatican? You museum? can go online. There. You can go online and you can view a lot of the documents. And every year they release more and more because they get them digitized. Yeah, and, and we're doing. If, is Frank Hannes? Uh, yeah, so in there? The, the, no, yeah, I know that's in the Vatican Library, library. Museum. Okay. okay, the Vatican Museum. It's a different place. Gotcha. But um, you know, you know, they grant um, scholars all the time the right to go in there. Yeah. And, and view Research. the documents, yeah. yeah. So it's not really secret. It's not really hidden. You can go in there and find anything. But and I love I love ancient languages like Latin, Greek, and studied it in undergrad. Don't remember a lot of it, but it, it just really breaks open some of the meanings of you know what right. words are in in English. The word secretum is it has multiple meanings, like any ancient word. So there's many variations of how you could translate it, and it gives about six here. Secret, secrecy, seclusion, mystery, isolation, solitude. But the whole idea of mystery uncovered, you know, the there is the fullness of God's revelation that has poured out upon the apostolic church. And ultimately, it begins in mystery and ends in mystery. And the greatest treasures of the church in the Vatican's library, in the secret library, the greatest mysteries that we should really ponder and think about and pray with so that we can grow and engage them. So I think when it comes to what the church has in its treasury is something that it wants to protect and wants to isolate from just regular contact because they are treasures and, and you do have to keep them safe. Yes. That's right. They're, they have a very, um, the very rigid, which I'm sure, don't tell Pope Francis I said that, but a very rigid way of protecting the documents um, scholars are allowed to go in. They're allowed to request up to three documents. They have a certain amount of time that they're allowed to view them. Um, and if they go in and the curator cannot find the document quickly, they say, you got to leave for the day. Come back. We'll give it for you tomorrow because they don't spend time looking for it. It's like, you know, so, and they, you know, the, the protocols of protecting these documents is very, um, what kind of documents are we talking about here? There's, you know, like the first cartoon, like what are we dealing with? No. So. There's Aristotle's original works. <laughs> There's, I think we have those. 53 miles of shelving, 35,000 volumes in the catalogs. Now, some of the things that are included in the Vatican secret archives. Shh. Whoa. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so there's letters from Michelangelo complaining that he wasn't paid for the work on the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right? There's a letter from Henry VIII. <laughs> wow. There's a letter from Henry VIII to Pope Clement VII asking for an annulment for his marriage to Catherine of Aragon. What? Yeah. There's the that's cool. There's the transcript of the of the um, trial of Galileo. Wow. Which, by the way, Galileo was wrong. Mm. We'll do another episode on that. That's cool. The church was actually right, and Galileo was wrong because he Did was. Did they like cut his head off or something? No, Phil? they gave him a nice house, and his daughter became a nun. Oh, okay, different gift, different. No, Galileo. basically, no. It's the same Galileo. Oh. <laughs> So we're gonna hey, have to, you're talking about Galileo from oh, yeah. on the Upper East Side. Yeah, no, he's from Staten Island. Oh, he's from yeah. Staten Island? No. Yeah, guys yeah Vinny Galileo. Oh, yeah, Galileo. Yeah, he did get his head chopped off. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, Vinny Galileo. Isn't that uh, Karen Labrucciano's son? They call him Vinny Boobots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what else they got? They've got, um, they have the papal bull of Leo X excommunicating. The, did you say papal bull? Papal bull of Leo X. What's a bull? Seal. Stamp. Oh, stamp. Okay. Yeah. I mean, these people listening, they Bulo. need to know this stuff. Bulo. Can, you know, there would be a much longer podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, so, yeah, the papal bull of Leo X excommunicating Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. There's a letter from Mary, Queen of Scots, to Pope Sixtus V, asking for the asking for the church to save her before she was, you know, she was beheaded, right? Because How do they she, keep these letters this long? Like, you know. Preservation, Ryan. 
What do they put, like, air in it or something? No, because, you know, it's not, a lot of this isn't paper. A lot of it, these kinds of documents were usually on... Tablets? No, something called vellum. And vellum was a, a, a stretched and specifically treated uh, lambskin. Mm, right, of course. So it's, it's got it's much better than paper, and it lasts a lot longer, and it's much more stable. And the way that they would kind of tan it, which is almost like making leather, they created vellum, and it lasts a long time. Huh. Um, there's a letter from Abraham Lincoln and another letter, letter, a rival letter from Jefferson Davis. Both of them, both of these letters, sent to the Pope of the time of the Civil War, the American Civil War, asking them to support. Pius IX to support their cause, whether he would support the Confederates or the Union. Huh. Interesting. Wow. Um, wow. There's a letter cool by Clement the uh, Clement the Twelfth to the Seventh Dalai Lama of Tibet, saying, "Please protect the Franciscan missionaries in Tibet because they are being persecuted." So, I mean, there was a lot of cool things, and these are just some of them. Yeah, but, I mean, there's 53 miles. We could do a mm -hmm. podcast on. And there's things in history too. So, I don't know if you could comment on this, Ryan. Is the the whole concept of sealing certain historical documents for a period of time that then is open to be reviewed, like Pius the Twelfth, well, you know, the, the myth of Hitler's Pope, kind of a thing. Yeah, a lot of times they did that because the the time that it's sealed allows for the the death of all the people who had a personal vested interest in the matter. And it wouldn't have been able, these documents wouldn't have been able to be, you know, analyzed impartially because the people were still connected to whatever particular cause or whatever particular mm. faction was around these documents. So by giving it a sealed amount of time, it allows for an objectivity for, you know, historians to really view the documents with, you know, an, a critical eye, not yeah. biased. Now, you know, remember we talked about that secret tunnel. They wouldn't be tagging, tunnel. so they don't be tagging it. That's right. You know? <laughs> so remember we talked about that secret tunnel. One of the times that Rome was invaded was by Napoleon. And Napoleon, he, he, he messed stuff up. He tore Rome up. He even kidnapped Pius VII. So, and he kidnapped Pius VII and hauled him back to France. Mm. And along with him, all, all the treasures of the Vatican and thousands and thousands and thousands thousands of ancient documents from the secret uh, archives. There were so many of these archives brought back to France that um, people were using them as like um, scrap paper or they were putting them in candles to make wicks. They were wrapping food in them. They were using 1,500-year-old church documents because there were so many of them, they didn't know what to do with them. And they were using them as, you know, scrap paper and, you know, wrapping fish in them. <laughs> starting their fires as kindling with them. And, uh, you know, that really kind of put a big dent in it. And um, after, you know, a lot of the documents were returned, um, they've really spent the last, like, 100 years really reorganizing. But it's only been since, I don't know, the mid-1950s mm, yeah, mid that the, the archives were really kind of back in place. Taking shape. From 1880s until 1950s, where they were really kind of reorganizing everything, wow. so... Wow. That's, That's insane. That is insane. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, it's it's just crazy. Like, you know, you look at history, especially Western civilization, where all these wars and everything were going on. It's just like endless, right? And and you see these monks, you know, they're they're writing the Bible, you know. I mean, there's no printing press for centuries. They're keeping cultural history, right? Art you know, science, different things like that. And, they, and they, they, they're they the keepers of it. There's the custodians of it. And during the wars, they were afraid this stuff would go away and people would just be like, you know. That's why, you know, escaping into the it. mountains and, you know, placing these treasures and hiding yeah. them away was just regular activity. Yeah, I mean, think them. of what Napoleon could have done. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could have, you know, erased a lot of history. He right? did erase a lot of history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now it's just history of, of fire in people's houses or fish or, you know, stanky whatever. fish. Thank you, fish. Ew. Ew. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take you to one last secret place in the Vatican. Don't tell anyone. You guys okay. going to tell anyone? Why? Why are you asking me that? I'm a jibba jabba. <laughs> I kind of run my mouth, so I can't <sighs> promise. All right. Well, I'm going to keep you a secret. All right. Well, it's okay. So uh, one of the tallest points in the structures of the Vatican is a tower called uh, the Gregorian Tower, or, you know, more commonly known as the Tower of the Winds. Now, the Tower of the Winds is, um, 
know, it's a small four-sided structure above, you know, one of the wings of the Vatican Library. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Vatican Library, but just, you know, in the Vatican. And it was built for a really cool and really specific purpose. So if you go back in time to the Roman Emperor Julius. Go back in time. Back in time. That's one of the secrets is time travel. Okay, I'm back there. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're wait, back in time. On. Where am I again? So we're back in <laughs> There's the re- a time capsule in the Vatican that you can get inside and go back in time? No. If you go back to the Roman Emperor Julius, he established what's called the Julian calendar, right? And he reorganized the calendar and specifically made it 365 days like we know. is you know, fairly Julian accurate. Calendar, yeah. Right. But the problem was that they didn't account for the fact that the the Earth's year is not 365 days even. There's, you know, a discrepancy. It's not an even amount of numbers. So, leap year. Right. So they weren't accounting for that. Mm. So what happened in the 1,500 years dummies. between... Dummies. Get it together. So what happened count. in the 1,500 years between Julius and the time of Pope Gregory the Thirteenth was that the calendar had shifted because they didn't account for these extra minutes every year. And the calendar, so the big thing was liturgically Easter. Father, do you know why Easter falls on the day it does? Because of the moon? But because of the moon, yeah. Right, so Easter is the, the, first, the-, the first Sunday after the first full moon mm-hmm. after the vernal equinox. Yeah. Right, which kind of follows along with the old uh, Jewish lunar calendars because that's how they would have calculated uh, Passover. Mm. Right, so that's how we know the date of Easter. Right. Which should have been on March 21st, the vernal equinox, give around there, right? But over time, the calendar had shifted so much because they weren't accounting for um, the extra days that by the 1500s, they were almost, uh, I think, 10 to 12 days off, right? So it was a significant amount of time. They didn't have the Google calendar. They didn't have the Google (laughs) calendars, that's right. So... So what they did is they commissioned this building, and they had a, a scientist um, build this. It's essentially an observatory, and this room is on top, and there's a lot of small holes in the walls, right? And that's why they call it the Tower of Winds, because wind will blow in through these holes. But the, the holes were lined up so that on the equinox, the sun would come in from a specific point in one hole, and if it were to align with a line on the floor, it would verify the model that they had come up for the the wow. rotation of the earth around the sun and verify the exact length of the year, which wow. is exactly what happened. So um, it was tested in 1582 on March 11th, which meant that the calendar was 10 days off. They were able to prove that it was 10 days off. So um, what they did is on, on October 4th, 1582, Pope Gregory said, tomorrow is not going to be October 5th. Tomorrow is going to be October 15th. He wiped 10 days off the map. Mm. Gone completely. Those 10 days in history never happened. I was down in Paraguay and we were doing a mission and we were building some schools for for some of the orphan kids of Asuncion. And while I was there, we went to mass and it just so happened to fall on, you know, the the time change. So we show up at eight o'clock in the morning, mass is ready to get going and we're the only people in there. And the priest comes out of the sacristy, looks around, he sees four people, and they're all gringos. And it's like, goes back in the sacristy. An hour later, all the people show up. And we stayed. We just prayed for, you know, did a holy hour in the church. And then the priest comes out, and he explains to everybody, from now on, we're going to be meeting at this time. <laughs> so he, he just, like, worked in an extra hour <laughs> to his to his schedule. He's like, ooh, I get to sleep in an hour <laughs> on Sundays. I get some coverage. <laughs> So, yeah, so basically October, I don't know, October 7th, 1582, which would have been the Feast of the Rosary, never happened. Never happened, huh? Never happened. Those Look dates never happened in history. Ten days in history that didn't exist. That's pretty crazy. It is. That's wild. So based off of these observations and based off that change is why we now use what's called the Gregorian calendar instead of the Julian calendar. And that's what most of the world goes on. Besides the churches of the East, that's why they still use the Julian calendar because of the tradition. And that's why there's a discrepancy between the East and the West on the dates of Christmas and Easter. And other, days, that's right. Yeah. You, there's, interesting. It's interesting. I saw that in San Suple too. They have a similar design architecturally where it allows light in 
and it strikes this kind of golden line and yep. you could follow the calendar throughout the year and they have it marked on the on the floor that leads up to the wall and it's it's, it's just fascinating yeah, yeah, they had the same thing in the uh, what's called the Basilica of Saint Mary of the Angels and the Martyrs, and there is um, there's a line on the floor, a brass line that does the same thing. Um, that it's basically a sundial, and that uh, you know, on it, it was another thing that they did to confirm this theory. So, wow. you know, a lot of lot of science, a lot of observation went into it. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones thing where on this day of the year, light shines in under this line and makes 10 days of history disappear. I mean, that's, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, but it really just, is. But it's not the Temple of Doom. <laughs> no, that was the worst. That was by far the what? worst one. That was no. the worst one. No, okay, no, let me take that back. That was the second the worst one. The worst one was the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was that was, that was a no that doubt. Was bad. Yeah. yeah, they should put that in the Vatican secret <laughs> archives and put it under seal and never let anyone see it. They should like, put it under the Vatican toilet bowl they and tag flush it, it down. and pour some out, <laughs> you yeah. know? Hopefully someone steals that and just gets rid of it. Yeah. All right, so cool. Well, let's wrap those are, this those thing are secrets up. of the Vatican. Yeah. All right, guys, promise not to share on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. This is probably the only time that you're going to hear us say that. Don't share the Don't secrets. Do Don't do it. Go ahead and share it. All right, so, so, so we're, we're wrapping things up now. Huh? Yeah, but we got time for one more thing. Father Rich, you ready? Put my head on the chopping block. It's, it's time for the Inquisition. Inquisition. <gasps> <sighs> okay. You don't look so scared. <laughs> So, Father Rich, you're aware of the five sins that only the Holy Father himself can oh, forgive. Yeah. Through the apostolic penitentiary in Rome. That's right. So what are those? Defiling the Eucharist or using it in a satanic ritual? Only the Pope can forgive that. Uh, breaking the seal of confession. A priest offering absolution to his own sexual partner, which I think is germane in our own times. Yeah. They can't. Because they're complicit. That they're complicit. Those sins yeah. are complicit. That, right. So they can't forgive each other mm -hmm. for their own whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, participating, participating in an abortion, although that is something that Pope Francis has given the right for. Uh, Universally universal. to the church. And the American bishops gave that to, provision to the priests in America. But it's still because of a indulgence by the Pope that he's mm -hmm. allowing. It's still mm -hmm. being forgiven mm -hmm. under the authority of the Pope. Oh, of course. Yeah. Now the fifth one. Using physical harm or attempting to assassinate the, the person Pope. of the Holy Father. Yeah. Okay. So here's the scenario, and I want mm -hmm. to see how you answer this. Ooh, loaded. Oh. I might have to call up my buddy Don Charlie, who works in the Apostolic Penitentiary, on this one. Okay. A cardinal. Yeah. Now this has happened before in church history. You know, Saint Nicholas knocked out. You know, Arius, Arius right, right in the mouth. It's one of my favorite stories. Punched him in the face. Jolly old Saint Nicholas <laughs> punched him in the face. <laughs> Yeah, Niccolo, Niccolo Mari. He punched, hey. he punched Arius right in the face for talking. Hey, I'm St. Nicky over here. St. Nicky. I'll pop you in the face, Arius. Actually, St. Nicholas. St. <laughs> Nicholas actually felt a lot of contrition for that and did a lot of fasting and repentance for using physical. And that's where he got that bowl full of jelly. It turned into he was very schvelt. Yeah. You know, he was a very thin man. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about St. Nicholas another time. Quit trying to avoid the question of the Inquisition. Answer me, Father. Answer me. He always does that. Okay, here's he the scenario. He always does that. A I'm trying to buy time here. I know you get are. my brain wrapped around this. It's still so, morning. Only forgivable by the Pope. Okay. But a cardinal hits the Pope. Ooh. And the cardinal is the Pope's brother. No. Mm. And the Pope dies. Ooh. From the strike? Not necessarily from the strike. He slapped him because they were in an argument. And then a couple of days later, the Pope dies. Of a broken Not heart. A, right. <laughs> now, in the conclave, that bishop who struck the Pope is elected Pope. Dun, dun, dun. Who can forgive that sin? And does that create a paradox that makes another unforgivable sin, like the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. So is there actually two sins that are unforgivable? Because only the Pope can forgive somebody for hitting the Pope, but the Pope who did it is dead, but you can't forgive yourself. I think yourself. I got an answer. This Look is the first this. time that I'm going to... So the apostolic penitentiary is one of the tribunal offices that is active in sedis uh, vacante. Okay. So when the seat is vacant, mm -hmm. right, the Holy Father, that one office remains open right. so that the mercy of the seat of Peter is active, right? Mm. So in a way, so say Cardinale smacked Holy Father, right? Mm -hmm. And he dies. Of a broken heart. Of a broken heart. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? So sorry. So, so okay, my son. Yeah, you're going to give a little smack. <laughs> 
So he dies from it, right? Now he could still appeal to that office mm -hmm. for forgiveness. What if he's mm -hmm. elected before the paperwork goes through? Well, they pride themselves on the turnaround of a day in the mm -hmm. apostolic penitentiary. Know mm -hmm. that for a fact. Hmm. Wow. Well, Capital because F. Because popes don't get punched in the face that often. It's not, no. a, it's not, a, not a very common occurrence. I mean, no, people have God. read those canons associated but, with Papa and the Papa. So, so I would say that there is still an avenue for him to receive forgiveness through the way that the church is structured right. in the apostolic penitentiary, one of the tribunal offices that remains So open. that he would have to make sure that before accepting... Oh, bingo. Or before his... Yeah. Wouldn't you go to confession before you take on a new role? You would think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I know before I started these podcasts, I went to confession right before I came out here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> So that's go good. to confession, people. All right. I think yeah, that was I the most it. successful uh, inquisition yeah. yet. So far. Yeah. So, so far. far. I felt pretty confident. We're going to bring that. you back. Sharpen though. our pencils. Yeah, that's it. I always yeah. feel like I'm going to lose my head in these things. Yeah. Get, yeah. No. You, you right, play it off it. pretty good. Uh, try to remain calm. All right. Yeah. So that was, that was the secret of the Vatican. Yeah. Good show. Guys. There's more that's secrets, it. but those are the ones that we wanted to talk about. And the ones yeah. we're allowed to talk about. Father Rich got a text from the Vatican said, what are you doing? Because we had some other material uh, was shut down. It was shut down. Was shut you down. know, we got the green light on some of this stuff. That's right. Yeah. But as long as you guys keep it secret. Right. These were false flags that they're... Yeah. 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 It's a secret. All right. So... But if you right. want to know more, the stuff that we really can't share... Go to VaticanSecrets.com. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and Ryan, VaticanSecretTour.com. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be good. All right. Yeah. So... That's another episode of the Catholic Talk Show, boys. I think we did all right. Yeah. I love it. Good hanging with you guys. Right. You guys, thanks for hanging with us. And praying for your peace. God bless you and your families and continue to journey with us. Amen, right. brothers. All right, so visit us on catholictalkshow.com. From there, you can subscribe uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, any of the things and services that you use to follow podcasts. Uh, make sure that in the comments, you, uh, you, know, you leave your comments, let us know how we're doing. And if you have any ideas for shows or anything that you'd like us to discuss, make sure you leave those comments. We we really enjoy reading all those things. So yeah. look forward to having you again next time. And guys, uh, sun's starting to come out here, uh, shining down in the beautiful studios of Cast Media and you know Hollywood. So go get some fresh. Let's air. wrap it up and enjoy it. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. God bless. Mm -hmm.